Well, hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the second season of A Meal and Two Mics. This season, we are starting off with a very special guest and a two-parter podcast, so be sure to join us next week with part two. And without further delay, please enjoy the musical talents of John Santos and the Machete Ensemble, Café con Leche. This second season of A Meal and Two Mics with something very special. Again, that song was courtesy of John Santos and the Machete Ensemble. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, John. We really appreciate that. Welcome Thank back. You, John. Madrina's here with us, guys. Madrina's in the house. We've got Madrina here. This is this is our number one fan that we are so happy to bring here, to bring on. Thank you for joining us, Madrina. Thank really. you. And we've already met her in one of our episodes. We've spoken about this, this legend right here in this studio with mm -hmm. us. Well, so. as long as I'm not a legend in my own mind, I thought it'll be okay. <laughs> no, certainly not us. with us. Yes. But I have to say, I was there at the beginning. I am totally. a godmother to the owner, one of the owners of the Cuban cafe here, or kitchen. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I held her when she was very, very tiny, and here is this power woman. So I'm so glad to be here. And of course, was also there when Lila was born. So. Yes. I'm aging myself. <laughs> she's just seen us in all of our stages. Uh -huh. right. I have. And oh, look forward to many, many more. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, with the grandmother who lived to, what, almost 109? We, oh, my goodness. We may see a few more generations here. My God, I hope so. <laughs> no right. pressure. Well, Lila, thank you for having us in your studio. Yes. And I'm very happy to be with these th two lovely ladies right now. and um, I know you set up a group of questions or a list of questions? I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're on my phone, which is actually being used right now to film Madrina, but we're going to use from the top of the head right now. Okay, off the cuff. So, Madrina, would you do us a favor right now? Would you mind introducing us to our audience? I mean, we've introduced you as the lady who helped start us off here and before, but here at this California location, you gave my mom and me a thousand dollars to help buy the first week of food. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, well, I would like to never hear that again because <laughs> that was not a necessary, I, I would have, well, I was thrilled and look at what's happened with that kind of inv investment. And you invest in the people you love and in things that you love. So uh, you're welcome and don't ever mention it again. Thank you. Um, however, it's wonderful to see the passion that you have brought to your business and how it's moving. And so it's exciting to hear also about your plans for the future. Um, and all I know is there's a picture that I just saw a little bit ago. How old were you there, Lena? A year and a half, two? Probably. I don't know that the audience <laughs> I don't know. Can, can you that. see that picture, we'll audience? Look at that. Yeah. So That needs to be hanging out somewhere. So that's well, Lena. And what is hanging out there, and this is a, pertinent to us, is that your mom is... Yes was the best cook on daddy's side of the family. I would agree. And who I lived with through my college years mm -hmm. and studied under her, you might say. Yes. 
and, uh, and she's watching she tried over to us. always uh, emulate yes. her cooking because she had the kind of touch that you liked her food, whether it was cold, room temperature, yeah. hot. It was just fabulous, no matter how you ate it. Right, I would agree. And so Lena has continued the tradition. We have many women in the family, and I can say that Lena holds the torch. Oh. Everybody else, <laughs> sincerely. I mean, we all cook something, but she cooks it all. Oh. And so it's wonderful. And uh, when my mother did pass away, we put together a book of many, many recipes and That's many pictures. Right. And Lena is all over the place with that oh. because she was always interested in what my mother was cooking. And that this could be, that this was at any time of the day, right? Whether you came home from school totally. or college or over the weekend. I literally ate it up, everything right. she put yeah. out. I think yeah. you even videotaped <laughs> yeah. her at some point. I do think I might have, yeah. I think she, well, not maybe video, but what do we have? Yeah, who knows, maybe a then. beta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was back a long time. Oh, yeah. But we have, I think, yeah, my mother making arroz con pollo or something. Mm -hmm. So today um, I had the wonderful experience of t doing a food tasting here at uh, the Cuba, you know, kitchen. Cuban ca uh, kitchen, kitchen, and it was amazing. So everybody's got to come out and taste all the different things. Thank you. Thank absolutely. you, Marina. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. What was your? We were going to ask at the end, but what was your favorite thing you tasted today? Oh my gosh, so many. Well, oh, the one goodness. that with that GT, our your nephew and my cousin um, says reminds him a lot of your mom's cooking with the ropa vieja. The ropa vieja was one of my favorite, but I, it's hard to say. You and know, I like, know you were going back for the congri or moros. The congri, I went back for more for. <laughs> I ate everything. Yes. And something new for me, vaca frita. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Vaca frita was new, mm -hmm. and I would suggest that too. I hear that's coming on the menu. Very popular. Wait, you didn't try, you never eaten vaca frita in Miami? No. No, we didn't make that at home. That's why it wasn't we, that on the was menu not something my mother made for some reason. And so I'm glad you've added it to, to mm -hmm. the menu here because it's really delicious. Thank you. So, but it's like uh, a big staple in Miami. Like everybody. It's popular. It's popular in mm -hmm. Miami. I feel like it was invented in Miami or like it was like it an amalgamation of it could have been. cultural you know, influences. What I like hearing today um, as well is that you're adding your own touch touch yeah. to everything because that's what food should be right and that's what food used to be at you know at our house that um well i'm the oldest of many grandchildren that my 109 year old grandmother had before she passed away seven years ago and as people were getting married more types of food were mm -hmm. being added in mm -hmm. and the first food that was actually added in was mexican food that's right <laughs> when your father and your mom yeah, uh, and your mom used to say that my mom, my grandmother on mommy's side, oh, she was, was the best. The best she was the best. She was the best. <laughs> she would make her own tortillas. I mean, I, I remember this. Yeah. And so it was wonderful food. So the first food that came into our Cuban experience was Mexican food, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. we didn't even know how to eat. <laughs> I remember the first time eating a taco when I was probably nine or ten, and then everything came out of the tacos. We had no idea how to fold it and stuff. So you know, things like that. Right. But we loved it, and so that's the first food that. Came Came in and mm -hmm. so it's about adding mm -hmm. right and sometimes taking away and mm -hmm. fusion and all that mm -hmm. so even though it's very mm -hmm. cuban everything i tasted there were some you know for example i was going to say um the black beans tasted a little bit smoky for me i oh, loved interesting. it okay yeah. yeah so whatever that was it was just there delicious. is a new ingredient as i tell all of our guests here um that we have 15 cousins i think uh first cousins mm -hmm. and we all cook beans differently they say we cuban don't. black beans but different just That's a little right. bit different and the white rice the same thing mm -hmm. yeah so uh <laughs> yes we and all so, have our own touch mm -hmm. 
That's so cool. I'm so glad that we're talking about this because I wanted to get your your point of view about you were born in Cuba, right? I was. Yeah, please. My father uh, was really only supposed to be in the United States for a couple of years working for Edna. And in that time, Castro, Fidel Castro came in, and my grandparents, our grandparents, said, don't come back. This doesn't look right. And so my mother ended up, who was the oldest, bringing everybody else. And so the first people to come was your father, actually. So your father uh, came over, and then the other five, um, the other four um, siblings. siblings. And so that's how we ended up, and that's how we ended up actually originally in Chicago. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he worked for Aetna, the insurance company, in Chicago. before Castro happened. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was going to be a two-year stint, and then go back to Cuba, and we ended up with my, when our grandmother passed away, uh, your great-grandmother, yeah. uh, we had five generations going, wow. so which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, sure is. Yeah. And it made it very difficult when I did go back to Cuba, I was a college professor, to see uh, on my father's side. So it, all my gr- mother's side really came to the United States in some way, our mother, right. our grandmother's side. But to see on my paternal side what uh, their life was like, mm. you know, how... How much it had changed. How, how much it had changed and how few freedoms they have. Mm-hmm. And highly educated people but with nowhere to go. Right. You know, none of these possibilities that you have, that I have, that we have here. So true. So it was very difficult. I bet. Yeah. And it's still very difficult for me to think about what goes on with that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, what do you do? What do you do? What do, what is, what do they do with their everyday in that case when they are that? I know that personally, because I'm brilliant, <laughs> I find myself quite bored all day long. <laughs> I bet. But having fewer restrictions and yeah. all these voices in my head yeah. and all these ideas. I don't know. What did, what do they do to occupy their day? Well, I think that the first thing that you know is when people take their life in their own hands and cross the ocean <laughs> on, on a tire, pretty Seeking, much, or yeah, on some better, raft, yeah. you wonder like why people are doing that. Well, that's the desperation that they have, right? Um, I think the the ones that don't, that decide they don't want to take that risk or because there are too many of them and it's like, who do you really, you know, who do you really take with you, right? Yeah. Um, our grandmother, for example, did not leave Cuba till the last of the grandchildren left, the last of her children left. So she until stayed. our last uncle left Cuba, um, my grandmother stayed there because she just couldn't leave the family behind. And yeah. I don't know if you know that. Uh, but that was Tio Julito who came. He was the last one. And then our grandmother and grandfather said, okay, we're done here, and we leave. Um, so I think well, the people who are there, they make the best of anything. And what I remember thinking is, oh, my God, you know, you hear about you, you get lemons, you make lemonade. They make the best lemonade with what they have. And so they celebrate the sunshine. They celebrate their mountains. They celebrate music. It's a it's a really beautiful, and they celebrate community, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the things that really um, has impacted me. I've been back to Cuba now three times, and each time what I what I realized there's a sense of community that I wish we had more of, like you have here. Yeah. You know, the sense of community at your business here that got you through, and that's getting you through, right? Yeah. The whole COVID thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That is so important. Community is very important, yeah. and in Cuba you see that everywhere. That's beautiful. And I've had guests who have gone back to Cuba uh, or to Cuba for the first time to visit, and they're just so impressed with 
the generosity of people who seemingly have so little, That's and right. yet they're willing to literally give the, give you the shirts mm-hmm. off their back and yeah. give you this joy of music and their present. Um, right. There's no, you know, bemoaning or complaining. It's yeah. the, quite the contrary, just joyful and making music and, yeah, appreciating whatever there is to appreciate. It is. Mm -hmm. And like you said, community has a lot to do with it. Right. And I think we talk a good deal in this country about it, you know, being present. Mm -hmm. They are present. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk a lot about gratitude. Right. They are grateful. They are grateful. And so uh, that was very striking to me and it has been every time I've gone. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something about the stories that you hear about Cubans now making the best of the situations that they have, the best of their cars with, you know, boat parts, the best of their meals with goat parts. Yeah. I mean, no sea salt and you're an island in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also noticed that there is that, you know, theme in our own family, like even Mima Otra's willingness to just stick it out. She did. And she stuck it out not only in Cuba, but she stuck it out here, too, okay. you know, for Nikita. She waited. Right. She waited. That's yeah. true. What do you know about that, Lila? Because you're one of the younger ones. And, and like you're saying, our grandmother was something else. She was a force of nature. Yeah. So when we think something in our life, we have her to look at this force of nature. But what do you remember? Because you're right. She was the oldest of all the, what, five of her brothers and siblings that ended up in the United States. The other three, I think, stayed in Cuba. So five were able to come. Yeah. And, like you were saying... She was a firecracker. Yeah. And she just, like... it. I mean, she was still going. Yeah. You know? When you think about that, you're like... (laughs) That woman was, like, invented before sliced bread was invented. (laughs) Like... She, she's seen it all, like, yeah. and she's still got her wits about her. Right. Like, I was not bilingual at the time when she was around, but the translations I got, those stories were hilarious, bro. Like, yeah. the one about the little, ¿cómo se llama la rubia? La rubia de la carnaval. Mm-hmm. That one was great. I love that one. She I told, don't know if I know that one. She told me that, oh, no, hold on. Sorry, John. Well, it's okay. So. There we go. So what what Lila's referring to, in some ways, she she was very modern and always going with the times and keeping updated and lucid and, like you said, sharper as a crack. But there was some things that were a little bit old-fashioned. For example, she didn't believe in divorce. And she believed in, you know, being in control of her house. And so when she found out that her husband was flirting with a blonde woman... She made sure that she got the dye and dyed everything, as she said. Everything. She says, you want your blondie? Oh, no. Here she is. <laughs> you got her right I here. I that story. <laughs> all in, all oh in Spanish, God. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And I think that was the end of that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How could you, that's such a great sense of humor and, like, right. a, you know, a great way to deal with that. Uh-huh. You yeah. know? Yeah. So the woman she, was in control of the she household. Was, she was in them. control. Yeah. So I'll tell you another one since we're on kind of on a raunchy note. Here. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I live. <laughs> I remember some quarrel on the way. I can't remember who in our family didn't want to have a 
somebody had she needed they needed to get a what do you call it a um, breast exam uh-huh. and it was like no this we're talking years ago now uh-huh. so you know I'm a teenager and I'm hearing all these stories and here's my grandmother well if the doctor says you have to do that you have to do it I remember when I was in Cuba and I felt a lump and I went to Matecito Tomasito Tomasito was a doctor and Tomasito and she said I pulled it out and I said look <laughs> there's a lump here yes you know, and can you imagine, Tomasito, according to my grandmother, you know, somebody that she had gone to school with and had become the, the regular doctor, oh and God. she's showing her her big boob because she felt something in there. Yeah. It's just a boob. This yeah. is the all of, all of four foot yeah. 11 or four yes. foot 10, so yeah, but very uh, well endowed. <laughs> and and not afraid of anything. And if you have yeah, to do something, this is what you have to do. And so, yeah. yes, you know, whether... Well, Oh my god, that's what I yeah, loved no, about her. Fact, yeah. yeah, very like, this is how you take it. Mm-hmm, this is yeah. how I'm serving. So, right. <laughs> And she did wait until the last of her siblings died before she died. Yeah. And so one mm-hmm. went after the other was like, we had many years, unfortunately, of 90-year-old people who, you know, they lived good lives. And when the last one was done, she didn't last very long. It was like, she had done her job. That was right. her mission. Wasn't that, that what was she promised mission. her mom? Yeah, to mm-hmm. see that everybody was okay. Yeah. So, you know, a lot to be said for your... I don't know, your personal commitment to life. Willpower. Willpower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Incredible. I see that theme in a lot of Cubans, but yeah, I definitely... And in our family. Yeah, I cherish (laughs) our stories, the stories that I know about our family members. Those get me through. That's true. That's right. Like you said, Melanina, that she's inspiring. She's an inspiration to this day. Right. A true inspiration she was, that Mima Otra of ours. She lived to be 108, almost 109 years old, and uh, we definitely miss her every day. I think that's a nice place to wrap up the first part of that podcast. Be sure to join us next time for part two with Madrina. Thank you so much for joining us for the first episode of season two of A Meal and Two Mics, folks. Mm-hmm.